Hi everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of TCK's Premier League Podcast. That's what I, what I was going to try and say. Uh, I'm Sebastian Noren and with me as always, Paul Quistel and Elliot Niblock. And we're going to talk Premier League Match Day 9. It's behind us now. And... Um, Let's just get this out of the way. Chelsea 4, Manchester United nothing. Pauly, go on your rant and uh, schmear the good name of Zlatan Ibrahimovic because apparently it's his fault that United lost this one. Whoa, whoa. When did I say it was his fault? <laughs> you, you foreshadowed it. It's not his fault. It, it, it's definitely not his fault that we lost to Chelsea. I will, I will say that right there. He missed his one chance and had he converted it, it would have tied the game up at one. And is that to say it's a different game? Maybe, but United didn't defend for 90 minutes. So it's hard to think that like they would have been like, oh, it's 1-1. We're going to start playing defense now since <laughs> at no point did they do that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and like... Goal Conte walked through the defense and then put like a beautiful shot on. And that's N'Golo Conte, like yeah. the guy who his his thing is, I just run around and win the ball back. I don't go up. I don't play any offense whatsoever. Yeah, it's not Eden Hazard we're talking about, although he did that also. But at least you expect that out of Eden Hazard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we should say that N'Golo Conte made all of one league goals last year for Leicester in 37 appearances. So he's tied that after nine games now. Which right, well, I mean, well, that he's the kind of defender, you know, like like Michael Carrick used to score one or two goals a year. Uh, that's just the kind of player that he is, that that kind of midfielder. But like the, it's it's almost like the goal Julian Weigel scored last week for Dortmund. It's just like you don't see like that looked like an attacker, not a guy who plays the the role he plays because he has no attacking talent. No, that's true. Um, defensive errors, though. I mean. It took, what, 32, 33 seconds before Pedro scored the opening goal? Yeah, what was going on there? Like, what? first of all, like I've never understood why teams do that on the kickoff. They kick it back to their defenders and then just boot it deep. Like, as if that ever works. That never works. And all through the rest of the game, like, your defenders play out the back and everything. But on the kickoff, you boot it deep. Well, this time it worked. And it makes no sense. Like, David De Gea, I don't know what he was doing. It was just a bad omen right from the start. You knew it was going to be a bad omen when Mourinho picked his team. This is, I mean, we're talking about a manager now who doesn't have a clue what to do. Um, and he doesn't have a clue of how to fix it. He's afraid to make moves. This is Jose Mourinho is afraid to do things. Like he's, he's spending three weeks justifying the fact that Wayne Rooney's been on the bench when you know, all you have to do is watch the tapes to, to see why Wayne Rooney's on the bench. Yeah. Well, and we, we also need to figure out, you know, like, don't spend time justifying that. Spend time figuring out how you can get back the mystique of the Mourinho teams defend well, right? Like, you know, all nil-nil, shut-down draw against Liverpool aside, on the whole, the man you we've seen this year is not the defensive stalwart that we thought they'd be. And, if you know, if they're not going for it up front and they're not sound at the back, then how much longer is Mourinho going to be at Old Trafford? Jeez. Well, well he never should have been. To, he never should have gotten to Old Trafford. I oh, mean, that's yes, really that's what true. it is. Like, at no point should you be like someone who got fired after four, mo after four months into the season because they were so bad at their job. At no point should you have ever looked at him and been like, you know what, I think this guy 
I think this guy is the right guy for the job. And I think it's it's getting to the point now where, uh, you know, obviously right after the game, I, I'm very emotional and I had a lot of strong opinions about it. But look at uh, – let's give Jose Mourinho credit for something. He came into the Premier League at a time where everybody other than Arsene Wenger played the same way. And he pretty much took advantage of that, unveiled different tactics and unveiled a different way to play. And he kind of caused a tactical revolution in the Premier League. And now everybody plays a different way than than the way they played uh, in 2004 and 2005. So give him credit for that. The problem is, is now everybody has evolved and they're changing and adapting and he isn't. And he's still managing and trying to play like it's 2005. And you can't do that anymore. And if you look at the managers that are that were in the Premier League in 2005, you had Arsene Wenger coming off of the Invincibles. You had Sir Alex Ferguson, who at that point was rebuilding his squad because he thought that he was going to retire three years ago. And he really didn't put a lot of effort into it. He really kind of left the squad in flux. And then he was, you know, now he's back. So now he's retooling it. And no other name really jumps off the page at you. You know, you have Sam Allardyce was around. Harry Redknapp was around. Uh, Graham Soundness was somewhere. You know, it was just your your typical names were there. That was 2004. That was uh, 2005, 2006. 2014, a little bit better, but still not great. 2016, look at the names of the managers that are in the Premier League now. There's so many good ones. And all of a sudden, Mourinho like, is getting exposed as being you know, not as great of a manager as we thought he was. Well, I feel yeah. like there, it's one thing of winning titles like he did at, let's say, Real Madrid, where it's basically you got a uh, almost superstar in each position in the team. Manchester United don't have that. This Manchester United team... But that's team... also the thing, is that, is that okay, like... How's Mourinho going to fix this? And it's like, well, he needs to buy more players like in the transfer market. That's Mourinho's thing is he, wherever he goes, he needs to spend all this money and say, I need the best players mm-hmm. so that, that I can stamp my mark on the team by selling a Kevin De Bruyne or sticking a Henrik Mkhitaryan on the bench. But you better go out there and get me the best players. And then if they don't fit my system, I'm not going to play them unless um, we spend a transfer record on a player. Then I'm going to play him, but I'm not going to actually – cater to his style yeah no but i mean that's the problem too though that in order for him to be successful nowadays it seems like he must have just so much ready talent and i mean we've already talked about his inability to let through youngsters and i don't feel like that's the best way to build a team it's just it's not just ready talent though i mean think about what he did when he first got to Chelsea. He had Frank Lampard and John Terry there. I think he had Drogba there. Um, and I think he had uh, did he, uh, Shevchenko. But, you know, like he brought in Arjen Robin, but like he also went out there and brought in Claude Makalele or Michael Essien. You know, like he didn't, he brought in big names, but not the biggest names. And then everywhere he's gone since then, except for at Real Madrid, where they already had everybody. And by the way, at Real Madrid, when he had the best players in the world, he won one league title there. Mm -hmm. Like, he barely won a league title. Um, He couldn't beat Barcelona. And then, you know, his impressive season was against Inter. And even that was with Inter. when When he won the Scudetto, because, you know, 
Juventus still wasn't Juventus yet. They were in between. And he won the Champions League because somehow Barcelona and uh, Real Madrid and United and Chelsea and uh, Liverpool were on the outs already at that point. But all the English teams kind of slipped up. It was the first year that we didn't have an English team in the final in like seven or eight years. And that's when he won the and that's when he won the Champions League. That but that was that was an impressive season. His other seasons were, you know, he came in and took advantage of the Premier League not being top notch. I mean, so my I I asked this and you know, Paul, your response was, well, Mourinho never should have been there at the first place, but and I I, I do feel for you guys because Last year, all the three of us enjoyed deeply the downfall of Jose Mourinho, and yes. now I'm the only one who really can. Well, the thing but, is, too, though, sorry to cut you off, but Paulie was saying that he shouldn't have gotten the job. Really, Ed Woodward should have looked at that and said, okay, well, this guy got fired from the reigning champions after it was a complete dumpster fire. Why should I hire him? Right, and but Ed Woodward, is, it's like he's blinded by it. You know, he's... He wants the big name. He, you know, look at the transfer targets that this team has. Every year, it's we're going to get Bale, or if we're not going to get Bale, it's if Real Madrid chooses Bale, then Ronaldo's coming home, or we have this plan to get Neymar. Um, you know, when he first took over the job, he went after Tony Cruz with David Moyes as, as his manager. You know, the guy needs the big names when really you have good managers who aren't as big names, but, you know, good managers who would really be a good fit out there, and you passed up on them. And I, I actually thought about writing about this this week, and I, I just haven't had the time, and, and I haven't had the ability to fully construct it, but is Ed Woodward to blame for a lot of this mess? Yes. Yes. He, yeah. hasn't, been, yeah. he hasn't been great, but he has signed a lot of players. He, he, he has put talent on the field. Yeah, you but he's also overpaid a bunch. Okay, he's, he's, and real, I, I, he's really good at getting sponsors. They right, now have so an official everything. So, so there's the thing. He ha- has he overpaid? Yes, but uh, like, like, all right. First of all, we're United, so we get held at a premium. Um, when when we come calling at a team, they know we have money, so they're gonna hold out for more money. Um, have we overpaid? Yes, but Ed Woodward put us in a situation that allows us to overpay. He's gotten all these sponsorship deals that make us rake in the cash. And this was really the point is, are all these just losing? And, you know, like commercially, we're the most successful club in the world. We turn the biggest profit. We, we bring in the, the most revenue. And a lot of that is a tribute to Ed Woodward. On the field, we are now one of the biggest jokes in yeah. the sport. And one of the most static also, teams. And that is also a tribute to Ed Woodward. But the question is, does Ed Woodward care? Because... He's a businessman. This is a business. And as you can see, failing failing to make the Champions League, uh, you know, two out of the last three years and probably again this year at this rate hasn't hurt the club commercially. No, but it will sooner or later. Yeah, eventually it's going to catch up to you. Yeah. You know, it's it's like the NFL. Eventually the, the mighty will fall. And that's what you have to be concerned about. You have to concern. You got to be concerned that we're tr- we're going in the wrong direction. But that doesn't seem to be the issue right now, and, and it didn't seem to be the issue when he decided to go out there and hire Jose Mourinho, who... No, but I mean, at the same thing, too, it, it turns into more of a joke, too, that... I mean, I, I honestly, I wouldn't shed a tear if they fired him today, 
But the thing is, too, that now you look at it, you had Moyes on, and he was a failure. You yeah. you stuck too long with one hall, and he was a failure. And now you're Mourinho. And probably we said that, you know, probably it's going gonna, it's gonna to take two straight seasons of not making the Champions League for Mourinho to even get fired. I mean, obviously, you know I would be happy if they fired him today but this is exactly why i said if if you guys don't remember back in august when we won our first three games i said right there i said fire him now because this this will only fall apart eventually and yeah we we got him you needed someone as you know yeah you you guys needed the sam allardyce look of him for to do something totally oh. stupid and asinine to save you yes but if you remember like you know di- Obviously, we had when Edward Ward took over, and I said, and I mentioned we went after Bale, and we went after Tony Cruz, and we we went after everybody, and we got nobody. We still had money back then, so we could have paid the bank to to land one guy. No one wanted to come to us because our manager was freaking David Moyes. So we needed someone with the clout that Jose Mourinho has for inexplicable reasons, um, and to bring in the players. And now that we brought in the players. That's so I said like all right we have the players now let's get rid of Josie yeah, before but, this falls apart. Okay, it's but, apart. But the thing is too though that look if you look back at it though I mean Jurgen Klopp he was available I would He was available last year. Yeah, and I would fire Van Hal on the spot if I knew that Klopp was too. coming in. I would have yeah. too. And yep. and I said this to my friend the other day I said if if Sir Alex Ferguson just stays on for one more year, Jurgen Klopp is currently our manager. And it just it drives me nuts right now because yeah, I don't love Liverpool's first team, but the young guys that Liverpool have gone out and like the guys that they the under the radar guys that they went out and signed this year, those guys could play. Those guys are really good and Jurgen Klopp is going to do magical things with them. And it just bothers me that my favorite manager is now managing my biggest rival because yeah. I would have fired Van Gaal on the spot to get Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. And and I said on Sunday, I said, look, I'm just going to have to dial up my Liverpool hatred and, and my puffing my chest out. Like, you know, we have 20 league titles and you guys have never won the Premier League. I was like, I'm going to have to just dial that up to 100 for the rest of the season because it's only a matter of time before, one, you win the Premier League, and two, you dethrone us as the most successful team in England. And as long as you have Klopp and we have Mourinho, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So this this is a statistic that I just can't help but throw throw out there. In the last 40 games, Mourinho has won won seven. Won seven. Drawn 12. He's won seven of the last 40 games? Seven of the last 40 in all competitions between uh, Chelsea and... That doesn't uh, make sense. And he's lost 21. And so here, here's the most amazing thing, is that it freakishly, speaking of specialist and failure, perfectly mirrors Arsene Wenger, who has lost seven, drawn 12, and won 21. Oh, wow. karma's a bitch, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, I would mean, I would fire Mourinho and hire Wenger. <laughs> I would I just I don't understand why half the fan base wanted this guy. I don't understand why people over the summer were coming up to me and being like, "You guys got a great manager." No, we didn't. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a name, but I think to your point, Paulie, he's he's a name of a decade ago, and he's a managerial style that is as static as a decade ago, and sadly. As also, as you said, for Woodward's menu, the transition from Van Hall to Mourinho is 
equally static, it would yeah. seem. And the guy, and the, the, pro, the what bothers me the most, first of all, he won't adjust, he won't change. You know, you bring in Paul Pogba and you say, okay, he doesn't work as a holding midfielder. So my only option now, I guess, is to play him as a number 10 yeah, where he's equally as useless. Yeah. I mean, dude, like there's other options. You just have to change your formation. Yeah. And playing him as a number 10, the guy's got, I think coming into this year, he had 10 goals in his career. Now he has, th- you can add three more to that total. Mm-hmm. But that's not... You know, I get it. People like to say, like, oh, the number 10, he's the creative guy. Like, sure, the guy's got assists and he, he can do some some great things, but he's not really a number 10. He's a box-to-box guy. You know, he's a guy that can make the pass, but he's the guy that makes the pass so that the next guy plays in the final ball. Yes. If you know what I'm saying. The hockey so, assist. Yes. yes. He's that guy. That's not what the number 10 does. No. And no. that's a problem. And Mourinho, at this point, he can't fix it because, for one thing, he's playing a combination of two different teams. He has two different teams on his hands, and he doesn't know how to use it. And he's afraid of making a change. And this is where I'm going to knock the guy. Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been terrible. He's gone 400-something minutes, 60-something minutes, without a goal. In his last four, uh, last four games, he's taken like 20 shots, and he has 17 fouls, no goals, no assists. Seb is going to... Seb... Like, I understand why. I understand it. Like, he's Swedish. He's your favorite player. You've watched him do, you've watched him do magical things. Yes. You know, he's been around for 10, 15 years, and you've watched him every step of the way. So I get it. I get why. But just take off your, your goggles for a second and, and be objective and just say, like, look, no one's doubting that this guy isn't talented. He's just not playing well. And don't even try to tell me he wasn't trying to score against Liverpool because no one was in the middle of the box, and he reacted like, oh. He reacted with that cheeky smile of like, oh, I got that one wrong. Not, oh, I headed it down, and now I'm, I'm shocked. To see, I'm, I'm upset to see that nobody was on the end of that in the middle to run onto that and hit it in. Right. He reacted to that header like, oh, like, whoops, I got that wrong. It happens, though. But this is why I said in August, like, I'm tired of this. I said it in July even. Like, you can't come – you've never played in the Premier League before. It's not League One. You can't just come in and act like an arrogant god when you haven't backed it up yet, and right now he's failing to back it up. It's not his fault, though. I mean, I really – the team is playing so poorly going forward. He's not getting the delivery. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. There's – I I, I doubt half, that even – Yeah, he's like, not getting that Angel Di Maria delivery that he's yeah. getting used to. You're um, half right. Bomb, bomb. But I mean, it's, um, yes, he's not playing well. Yeah, no one's playing well right now. But he's playing, first, he's playing right now. He's been invisible in the last few games. And I actually said, this is a concern of mine, because I watched a couple friendlies, and I said, he looks invisible. And we had this conversation already. And Seb said, yes. And I said, it looked, he, it, it leaves United to be playing with 10 men, because he is such a non-factor. And Seb said, yeah, but if he scores a goal a game, you know, who cares? And that's acceptable. And I guess, you know, there, if, if he scores a goal a game and you win 1-0, even if he was invisible all game, yes, it's justified. We justified it when Rooney had that assist to Rashford against Hull. He's not scoring, though. And I'm not saying he needs to be dropped from the team permanently, but there's no problem with taking him and sitting him down for a game and bringing him off the bench and saying, maybe you might be better off doing this. Maybe... Because him and Paul Pogba together, 
is a sandwich that doesn't go together. That's like, they keep saying, oh, we just haven't gelled yet and we haven't clicked. And once we do, we're going to be really good. But it's, you know, him and Paul Pug was like trying to make a peanut butter and tuna fish sandwich. Like as you could eat it all you want and you could eat it every day and say, you know what? Like one day this is going to catch on, but they don't go together. Yeah, that sounds disgusting. Exactly. But that's, they're not compatible with each other. That that's just what it is. And the announcers in this Chelsea game, Lee Dixon and, and Graham also spent the entire game just, just saying like the way that they're using Ibrahimovic, it's not going to work. And you have Pogba who loves to play these balls in behind the defense. Ibrahimovic doesn't make those runs. He, he doesn't make those runs. And, and when you don't have somebody that makes those runs, when you're playing the ball into Ibrahimovic's feet all game, which is what they were trying to do. And the commentators were getting on them correctly saying, it's so easy to defend and you're so predictable. Yeah, and but we've already spoken about how it's the wrong formation. Why why aren't we seeing a 4-4-2 with Ibrahimovic and Rashford? It's it's not just the wrong formation, it's it, well, all right, so if you want to change your formation fine, but otherwise just it what's wrong with sitting him down? If he sat him down for a game, the entire media would react and this is what what to to bring things Back to where we started, I, as I said, he's afraid to do that because he spent three weeks trying to justify why he sat down Wayne Rooney when Rooney sucked. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, but that's on him. So that's he's on not him. Not going to drop Ibrahimovic, but that that shouldn't that shouldn't happen. You know, Sir Alex Ferguson used to drop players all the time, and he used to do it to Rooney and Ronaldo if they weren't playing well. Yeah. And he just did it in a sly way. He would go up to them and say, and say, "I can't play you this Saturday. I need you next week." Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like Gary Neville once said, he came up to me and he said, I can't play you. Like we have a big game in two weeks. I need you. And Neville was just wondering, like, am I getting dropped? Am I being rested? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, it it's something like that. If Mourinho doesn't have to go up to him and say, look, you suck and I'm dropping you. He could just say, I'm, I got to save you for the next game. Yeah. But, and I know, I know, I, I know we want to wrap up here. Mm-hmm. He's playing with two different teams right now. He's got his passing team that plays kind of the Louis Van Hall style game, which is where Mata and, uh, you know, Mickey Tarin and Ibrahimovic, where they would fit in. And then he has a counterattacking team, which would have Martial and Rashford and Lingard flying up the wings and hitting people on the break and having Carrick fly down. But he's playing, in, instead of playing one or the other, and Pogba could really fit both, instead of playing one or the other, he's playing the two of them together, and that's causing a lot of problems. But yes. If you want Paul Pogba to be at his best, imagine going with a 4-3-3 of Carrick with Pogba and Herrera in front of him, Martial, Lingard on the wings, and Rashford in the middle. And tell me that team won't run teams to death. Mm, They may very well do that. But I'm still not sure Mourinho's the right man, even if he would switch that formation. He's not the right man, but he also just doesn't know how to fix it because he feels like I signed these big names and... You know, I have to bench a big name. So he did that with Mickey Tarian. And he's not, you know, he's afraid to bench Ibrahimovic. And I think Ibrahimovic just needs to sit down for a few a few games. You know, come off the bench. Maybe he's better coming off the bench. He's 35 years old. He's not a spring chicken. Maybe it's time to adapt your game. Maybe benching him will light a fire under his ass. You know, Maybe. I just... it's, it's Or in the entire locker room. Mm-hmm. Right. It's nothing against him. It's You need to change something because what you're doing isn't working. Yeah. 
But I mean, what's more concerning, sorry, we're dragging out here a bunch of matches tonight to talk about. What's more concerning for me is that we hear reports now that the players are not happy with the way that Mourinho is actually organizing training because he's sitting up in his office while his assistant, is is, while his assistant is running the, the training. Of course, he's the special one. And I mean, you know what? You know what? I'd love to. I'd love to get on this like the players hate Jose thing. Yes. But one, Sir Alex Ferguson didn't run training either. Uh, that he. Uh, no, but at least he was that. there. Two, he was there. I and also I guarantee you that he ran training for his first ten weeks in the top flight during his first season. Ten, yes, like, he did. Yeah, then, he then, last he was by years. a manager like he should. He, like, he, he was told by people, like, you know, if you delegated the training to, like, somebody else, you'll have more time to do this. And he realized, you know what, like, yeah, that's actually makes sense. But, yes, at the beginning of his career, he was running the trainings, but he wasn't there. And, you know what, leaks like this happen all the time whenever a club's not in good form. Yeah, that's true. They take on Manchester City in the League Cup, the EFL Cup, on Wednesday. Uh, you know, it's the League Cup, yeah, but when it's a Manchester Derby... And both clubs being in sort of a rut. Because Manchester City haven't won in five straight games. What a yeah. dude. Yeah. A pep theory that, that I wrote about back in March is like coming true. Like I, I'm, I'm like a Nostradamus over here. <laughs> and I'm not a Nostradamus. I just looked at it logically and said, look, Pep's never been challenged the way he's going to get challenged in England. Uh, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to declare Manchester City the champions because – the guy who managed Barcelona in the height of Spain's heyday and pretty much managed Club Spain plus Leo Messi. Okay, you won the Champions League a few times. You should. And then went to Bayern Munich where there's one and a half teams in that league. And mm. every time Dortmund gets good, Bayern just buys their best players. So, And you managed to preside over that team when Dortmund suffered a huge collapse that led to Jurgen Klopp leaving. Yes. Okay, you won the Bundesliga four times. You should have. Yeah, right, let's, be, let's play, be clear. You're going to play in a league with more than two teams in it. Let's see how you do. You've never been challenged like this. You don't have the luxury of having the best national team plus the best player in the world, and you don't have the luxury of just buying your rival's best players. It's not surprising that he's struggling. Well, I, okay, we can't – all right. So, yeah, he's getting challenged. That is absolutely correct. Struggling, they're at the top of the table, fellas. Granted, it's only on goal difference, and granted, there's only one point separating the top five teams. Yes. Like, yeah, again, to what, your point, Paulie, there's first... greater parity in this league, but nonetheless, they're still sitting in first place. So it's not it's not like he's, you know, eating shovelfuls of dirt, right? He's still sitting at the top of the table. He's just got more heat breathing down the back of his neck then he's maybe used. But okay. they're, they're uh, top of the table. This is this is the state of these two teams when it when we're going we're getting ready for the Manchester Derby this Derby this week and I'm just sitting there going, geez, has either of these teams won a game since the last Manchester Derby? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and the answer is we beat Leicester in the league and I don't know if City have won since then. Yeah, in the Europa League. Um, so Manchester City, yeah, they got a one one draw against Southampton. Uh, Southampton actually took the lead in this one. Nathan Redman before Kelechi Ihanacho tied things up. So, like you said, Elliot, they're still top of the league on goal difference. They have plus 11, then Arsenal plus 10, and Liverpool plus 9. 
Uh, Arsenal, they got a scoreless draw against newcomers Middlesbrough it's at also, home. It's also fascinating. Hold on. It's also fascinating that they're struggling because, you know, they started off the season so well, they've only gotten better. Like, they're not injured. It's not like injuries have derailed City. They've only gotten better. They E.K. Gundogan, Gundogan came back. Like, this team has only gotten better, and they're struggling now. Mm-hmm. Because I guess... Even I guess Vincent Company is on, almost fit. It's the, the Man City way. They just those players just can never be motivated other than their paychecks. Hmm. So Arsenal scoreless draw against Middlesbrough. What do you make of it, Elliot? I mean, it's it, it really depends on your personal disposition as an Arsenal fan, right? Like, are you a a fire and brimstone Wenger out? The glass is always half empty, even when it's overflowing onto the bar. Uh, well, then it's infuriating because we dropped two points against a team that we really should be beating, at least on paper. And we did so in a weekend in which a ton of other teams dropped points. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we clearly we miss It's hard to argue that we didn't miss a chance to go top of the Premier League this weekend. I mean, I think it's clear that we did. Yes. But on the other hand, this this is a game in which. I mean, Middlesbrough had their chances. We got saved by the bar once and by Petr Cech at least two or three times. Uh, I mean, this is a a scoreless draw that is, yeah, it's frustrating. But at the same time, I also feel like this is the kind of fixture that, especially two years ago prior to Petr Cech's arrival, this is a game that Arsenal lose. Mm. And so even though... Again, on paper, it seems really clearly that we lost two points and those points would have taken us top. The reality of the game on the pitch was that we didn't really clearly deserve to win. And I think that we we were a little we're a little bit Champions League hungover. And I am a little surprised. I was a little surprised even at midweek last week that despite his fantastic game and, you know, it's great that he got his first hat trick, but Ertzel staying on the full 90, you know, maybe that wasn't the best choice because when you face opposition that didn't have a midweek fixture and you're just a little bit slower, well, when you're playing in the greatest league in the world, that little bit of pace that you lose can be enough to be stymied even when the opposition is outclassed. I'm sorry. It's Middlesbrough at home. Yeah, we should have won. You I mean, should have won that. Yeah, we. But but also, you know, it's Middlesbrough at home in that 10 a.m. game. Like that's me, those. Okay, but those are, those are the games that used to just go through the motions and win four nil. Yeah, but also in sim, in a similar sense, to be fair to Czech's great game and keeping a clean sheet, Victor Valdez made some great saves too. There was one shot in particular by Alexis. I want to say in like the 58th or 60th minute that was just just hammered with a ton of power curling away from the center in towards the side netting and Valdis dove and made an amazing one-handed really strong arm save yeah and i think that there you know he's probably one of only four or five keepers in the premier league who's going to be able to make that save and even on his off day he and many of those keepers don't make that save so it's Arsenal weren't without their chances. It was overall a frustrating draw, but, you know, it's, again, this is where the glass half full, half empty comes in, right? Like, you say, 
oh, well, we missed this chance because our rivals, both Spurs and City, dropped points and we could have gone above them. Or you say, okay, well, we could have lost this game. We should have won it, but we still got a point. And fortunately, our rivals also stumbled. I I think the fact that they also dropped points make it a little bit worse. And, yeah, kudos to Valdez. He's probably been busier here the first nine games with Middlesbrough than he was at eight years at Barcelona. Yeah, no kidding, right? So good on him. PK is no longer PK in his prime is no longer in front of him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, good on him. Good on him. Uh, Bournemouth they uh, held Tottenham to a scoreless draw, so second straight draw. You know, you know, for Tottenham first West Brom and now Bournemouth. Very different game for Bournemouth. I mean, we saw them put six on hold the week before, and now. This weekend, really pushed back by Spurs for long stretches of this game, but managed to nick a point. Yeah, well, yeah. Spurs are, they, they got to, you know, that's the thing. Spurs were attacking, 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 and how do you find your breakthrough? And you're having problems now because you brought in um, Jansen, who was supposed to relieve the pressure and provide competition for Harry Kane, and all he's done is turn into Dutch Roberto Soldado. Uh, literally, because he only scores from the penalty spot, which is exactly what Soldado did. You know, although he didn't literally transfer his ethnicity and no, he did not nation. do that. <laughs> well, he's, he's he's Dutch Soldado, so he doesn't need to transfer. He's just the Dutch version. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that that was always going to be the concern. The concern wasn't going to be our Spurs going to be able to keep a clean sheet, especially without Toby Alderweireld. Yeah, they're they're one of the best defensive teams around. It's and you're looking right now at Arsenal who dropped points and City are in a rut and they're doing whatever. And you have a great team. You have a great manager and, and great talent. But can Spurs really mount, do, do Spurs score enough goals to mount a title challenge? With Harry Kane back? Yes. Yeah, ah, but even with Harry Kane this year, they weren't scoring. With an inform Harry Kane. Yes, thank you. Okay, aspect. well, we don't know if we're going to get an informed yeah, Harry exactly. Kane. Well, yeah, exactly. Of course we do. And, you know, like the, the secondary scoring, it's it's just, it's not up to snuff. It's like, you know, you can only rely so much on Eric Lamella. He's kind of like, he's kind of like when, when United first signed Nani. Like, okay, he's a good player. He's, he'll provide flair. He's going to he's gonna contribute some goals every so often. But, you know, in a big game, we're not going to play him because, like, relying on him isn't isn't going to end well for us. He's it's the Argentinian nice Nani. He pretty much. And it's like, you know, like, he's a good player to have, and if, if the rest of the team is, is firing on all cylinders, he makes us that much better because he is dangerous, but we can't rely on him to actually pro- produce and, and play at that level. And, I mean, he had a great game against Manchester City. Kudos to that. But I, I don't know if... They can mount that serious title. I don't know if they score enough, right? And, and obviously, it's October, and I hate anybody who even tries to say like, you know, who's going to win the league. But at this moment, right now, this league is Liverpool's to lose. Yeah. The so the the one last thing I want to say about this game, mm-hmm. from admittedly partisanly an Arsenal, but also an England <laughs> point of view, is this is the first ninety minutes that Jack Wilshire has played in the Premier League in. Over two years. To give him a hand? Two years. Well, 
And and also, it's the first full 90 minutes that he's played, period, in a competitive match since England and Slovenia in June of 2015. So, you know, almost 500 days ago. But even though he didn't, you know, I mean, he didn't really have a stellar game. And I think that he, you know, he had, uh, admittedly, I just watched the highlights, but he had one chance outside the box where he took kind of a heavy touch. And maybe if he'd been a little more informed, then he would have been able to get a shot off. But he's. This is exactly why this loan is good for Jack Wilshire. And I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not saying that I know for sure or even think it likely that Jack Wilshire is going to be an Arsenal player again. But I will say that you know, getting 90 minutes under his belt, and he. I mean, he admitted that it was just like 90 minutes in the Premier League is hard. You know, it's it's hard work. And this is exactly why the Bournemouth loan is really good for him. You know, the the key difference is going down the rest of the season is, you know, if he can, obviously, first of all, if he can stay fit, but then not only can he stay fit, but can he prove to us that as opposed to looking like a Bournemouth player, he can look like a really top class, consistent, title challenging team player that is at a smaller club. But but like that just it when I when I read that the other day it blew my mind you know two like more than two years mm-hmm. of, co- of course he's out of form yeah he needs minutes for sure so but, yes. so a player a player who just made his first this is the Premier League right now you have a player who just played his first ninety minutes in two years made the England squad to go to the Euros and you have a manager who has won seven of his last forty games. Just got signed in the offseason by Manchester United. Yeah. It's a weird world we live in, guys. Mm-hmm. Yes. Weird world. Burnley picked up a two to one win over Everton. Really strong for Burnley there at Turf Moor. That's where they're gonna grab their points this season, it seems like. Uh Scott Arfield scored the winning goal in that one in stoppage time. Um yeah, quick word on that one. Nope. Don't no word on that one. Don't go to Turf points. Yep. Stoke. Unless, unless, of course, the ref is going to let you stand offside and use your hand to put yeah, the yeah. ball in the net. Come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. Stoke, 2 nothing over Hull. Uh, Jordan Shakiri with both goals. He finally showed up for Stoke. Uh, he's one of those players that need to step up if they're going to have any form of success this season. Uh, two really nice goals, too. First one, yeah. Rocket. Second oh, one, that one, the kick. first one was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this is what we need to see out of Stoke. I mean, this the talent this is what we've been saying is the talent's there. It's just how have they not been, you know, how have they not been scoring? The talent is there. We knew that. Why were they playing so badly? If the you know, start to they could start to turn this around. Yes, absolutely. Um then Leicester City, they finally took a league win. They beat the Crystal Palace three to one. Uh, good three goals there too. Ahmed Musa, his first goal for Leicester. Same for Christian Fuchs, and then Okazaki scored as well. He scored the most Okazaki goal too ever. <laughs> that was I'm standing in the box. Oh, the ball bounced off two different things and comes right to me, and the yep. goalkeeper is way out of position. I'm just he, gonna hit it in. He's as poacher as a poacher ever has been. That's he for is sure. but he's, the but he's Japanese Rude Fenestroy. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Rude Fenestroy had talent, like. He was. Uh, he was a great, okay. Vanisteroy was an excellent striker as long as he was inside the box. Right. Yeah. 
Swansea, they got a scoreless draw against Watford, so congrats it's, to a it's point. It's kind of like Javier Hernandez, but Hernandez at least has speed. I don't know yeah. what like what intangible does Okazaki have. He has well, grit. He has heart. He has <laughs> willpower. He's not big. Like he's not. No, he just like, keeps running. Header, like. Well, and but also, you know, obviously the hilarious thing being that that Okazaki switched from the Bundesliga just right around the same time that Chicharito went there and started lighting it on fire. Yes. Swansea, Watford, scoreless draw. Bob Bradley got point. Hooray, USA. <laughs> Boy, that was a quick gloss. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they should have won this They one. also should have conceded one, but they should have scored. Yeah. Yeah, I feel uh, like Bob they're... Bradley, though, the important thing is Bob Bradley wore uh, a blazer. Yes. So he did not go for the Steve Jobs look, and immediately his results improved. Yeah. I feel like they, they... Gilfie Sigerson is too alone in this team as far as being the creative force. Yeah, well, they just don't have talent. Mm-hmm. And then Watford. I mean, they're Watford. They feel... A... You know, ninth place, 12 points. Good job. West Ham, they won again. They took a one nothing win over Sunderland. They left it late, though. Winston Reed, 94th minute. What was that? Who was that again? I just I spaced. West Ham, one. Sunderland, nil. Winston Reed, goal, 94th minute. <laughs> like the automated voice recapping the results yes. and a feat to a manager. Yeah, no, I mean, seriously, West Ham should have won this one by a lot. Bigger yeah, margin. but Olympic and, Stadium negates that. Yeah, I mean, come on. This is not, you know, one nothing against Sunderland isn't going to raise any eyebrows. No, they're starting to get their swagger back. Their fans are starting to fight more. I told them that they had to do that. You know, they're starting to get some, some arrests and stuff. They got to make that place their home. Yeah, but let's not let. I mean, even facetiously, let's not encourage them doing that crap. No, no. <laughs> like maybe this just... maybe the stadium's just too nice for them. Uh, I mean, they I, you know they have I've never been to the boiling ground, but I always thought it looked pretty nice. They have way too many injuries too. On oh, like actually good players, and I'm not counting Andy Carroll in that lot. <laughs> Thanks for being clear on that. Yeah. <laughs> No, what I mean, don't, yeah. don't let us, lest we lump him in with a quality footballer who yeah. might be worth several million pounds. Yep, yep, yep. No, what I mean, like, you, you know, you go out and you spend all that money on Andre Ayew and then he screws up his thigh after like 30 minutes in the first match, you know. Now they have to play Simone Sasa up top. That's not going to help you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're not. We're not expecting West Ham to mount the sort of potential title challenge or at least realistic top four fights that we thought that they might at the end of last and the beginning of this season. But, you know. They're, no, they were so they're, much they've, fun they've last season. They've still got a higher ceiling than they've displayed so far. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, they were so much fun last season. But, yeah, it was a horrible start to this season. Then Liverpool, they got a 2-1 to one victory over West Brom, which Albion, West Brom... They had one shot on target, and that went in. Uh, so they made it interesting at the end there, but Liverpool held on for the win. And now yeah, West, in West Brom never threatened in this game. And final, and like, eight minutes. Eight yeah, minutes Liverpool they tried. got started right away. Right away they... Um, they... They just they attacked on the. It, it, it's almost not fair to West Brom because Liverpool got to play in that like practice game earlier that week 
against United who parked the bus. So they, they were used to playing against exactly what West Brom were going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sadio Mane and Philip Coutinho scored for Liverpool there. So yeah, right now we're seeing City, Arsenal and Liverpool in top. Paul, do you think it's Liverpool's... Do you think they're actually going to be able to keep be as consistent as they need to be to win a title? Do you think Sturridge is going to stay healthy enough for them to potentially win the title? Yeah, the I almost think they're I better heard. off. I almost think they're better off without Sturridge. Really? And I think that's I think that's going to be a key. Yeah, they played better with He didn't start that last game Lallana did and they played better. And they played better when Lallana came on against United. Yeah, I and, saw that, and that was also weird. Like, Adam Lallana, who are you? Right, and I where said that, that on Friday. Like, it's Adam freaking Lallana, but they played better. And they played better when 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 Sturge is in here. And, and they have, like, some young guys that I think, you know, if you introduce them slowly, you know, by the end of the season, they'll still be fresh, and they'll be able to, to play really well down the stretch. Do I think that they're going to be so consistent? No, but they haven't been plagued by the inconsistencies that they were plagued with last year. Um, they've had problems giving up goals, this like conceding goals, but they've really, you know, they've cut a lot of that out. You know, they haven't really laid out a dud. They no. kind of just, you know, even when they don't play well, they win. I feel like I could see one potential hazard though. And that's the goalkeeper, Loris Karius. I mean, his aerial it's presence seems to be non-existent. Like, every time a highball comes into the box, he's like, uh, should I go up or should... No, I'm going to... Nope, nope, yep. Let me go back and into they the... To, they seem to use Sadio Mane very well. Yes, that they do. He's a good player, though. He's a good player. I wouldn't mind United if they would have signed him. Right. <sighs> mm, quick fire here today. We're going to wrap things up. As usual, you can follow us on Twitter. That's what happens when the weekend doesn't have any goals except all of them are in Manchester United's net. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple of days here. We'll preview match day 10. We'll talk a little bit about that Manchester Derby and the also exciting EFL Cup. And, uh, yeah, until then, have a good one. Twitter, Seb Norin, P, Questel, WFAN, and Keats was better for some reason. I want to say Elliot was better, but Keats was better. <laughs> one of these uh, like days Keith. I'll explain that. Yeah. So until next time, have a good one. Bye.